Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another week, another discussion of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, study of karma and dharma. And we're going to do that opening chanting and then get back into the home stretch of the second chapter. So here we go. Om Tat Sat Om Shri Gurave Namaha Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha Om Shri Saratwatye Namaha Om Vande Guru Nam Charanaravinde Sandarashita Swatma Sukhava Bodhe Nishreyate Jangalikaya Mane Samsara Hala Hala Moha Shantye Abhaku Purushakaram Shankachakrasi Dharinam Sahastra Shirasam Shwetam Pranamami Patanjalam Om Swasti Prajabya Paripalayantam Nyayina Margina Mahi Mahishaha Go Brahmane Bhyaha Shubhamattu Nityam Lokaha Samastaha Sukhino Bhavantu Om Shanti 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 Vidyo Brahma Vidya Sampradaya Kartripyo Namo Vamsharishibyo Namo Mahadyo Namo Gurupya Sarvo Paplavarahita Prajnana Gana Pratigarato Brahmaivahamasmi Om Tatsata Krishna Ashtakam Karishi Om Vasudeva Sutam Devam Kansa Chanura Mardanam Devaki Paramanandam Krishnam Vande Jagatgurum Atasi Pushpasankasham Haranu Purashobhitam Ratnakam Kanakeyuram Krishnam Vande Jagatgurum Kutilalaka Sainyuktam Purna Chandra Nibananam Vilasat Kundaladharam Krishnam Vande Jagat Gurum Mandara Gandha Sainyuktam 
ಚಾಡುಹಾಸಂ ಚತುರ್ಭುಜ ವಾಡಿಪಿಂಚಾಬಚೂಡಾಂಗಂ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು ಉತ್ಪಲಪದ್ಮಪತ್ರಾಕ್ಷ ನೀಲಜೀಮೂತ ಸನ್ನಿಭಿರೋರತ್ನ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು ರುಕ್ಮಣೀಕೈಲಿಸೈನ್ಯುಕ್ತ ಶುಶೋಭಿತುಲಸೀಗಂಧಂ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು ಗೋಪಿಕಾಂಕುಚಂಕುಮಾಂಕಿತವಕ್ಷಸ ಶ್ರೀನಿಕೇತಮಹೇಶ್ವಾಸಂ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು ಶ್ರೀವತ್ಸಾಂಗಹೋರಸ್ಕ ವನಮಾಲಾಜಿತ ಶಂಖಚಕ್ರಧರ ದೇವ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾಷ್ಟಕಮಿದ್ಯ ಪ್ರಾತರುತ್ಥೇತ್ ಕೋಟಿಜನ್ಮಸ್ಕೃತ ಪಾಪಂ ಸ್ಮರಮೇವನಶ್ಯತಿ ತತ್ಸತ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾರ್ಪಣಮಸ್ತು ಸಾಂಖ್ಯಯೋಗ ಐ ಹೋಲ್ಡ್ ನಾಟ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಹೀಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಎ ಗುಡ್ ಡೇ ಯು ಲೈಕ್ ಇಟ್ ಯಾ ಮೀ ಟು ಆಕ್ಚುಲಿ ಎನಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ವೀಕ್ So we got up to 56 last week. Uh we're talking about uh 55 from 55 to the end of the chapter is uh Krishna's teaching on what is yoga. So, uh I think you said it was a second definition, right? Like you did a current one? Uh Yeah, right. So not from 55. Correct. Thank you. Uh from where does it start? It starts uh I don't remember where it starts. 48 is the first definition. So somewhere in here it says the next like 18 I don't know. It doesn't matter. um yeah so the sankhyas right so from verse 40 okay to 53 oh okay let's see we're on 56 he's still talking about yoga so 48 and 50 are definitions of yoga and then there's one from 623 
but but he's just explaining going more in depth on the what those definitions look like right so from 55 arjuna had asked what does a yogi look like that's what it was yeah and he he's answering what how the yogi behaves uh, because we need a good example somebody gives you a good example how to draw a face they break it down for you makes it easier so it's giving the breaking breakdown of the yogi's behavior uh, and last week we had uh in 56 we talked about the first half of the verse actually but not we skipped over raga vaya and krodaha uh so i just briefly we we can pick up here and continue forward. Uh, so let's recite from 56. Shoka uh, 56. Dukeshu anudvikna manaha Sukeshu vigatas praha Vitaragabaya krodaha Dita dear mani ujjate. Here's the, the melody properly. Dukeshu anudvikna manaha. Sukeshu vigata spraha. Vitaraga baya krodaha. Stita dear manu. So I highlighted a few of the words, Raga, Baya, Kroda, and Muni. These are uh, common, important words in the yoga culture. So Raga is the affliction of attachment. Uh, Baya is, is the affliction of fear. And Kroda is the affliction of krodha, uh, sorry, of <laughs> anger. Uh, and you might be familiar with the, the term klesha. So I'm translating klesha as affliction. Klesha literally means uh, it, it, it troubles you, gives you trouble. So we say in English, afflicted, things that bother us. If we're being bothered by something, if something disturbs us, causes us uh, anxiety or uh, challenges our patience, uh, causes us to get impatient and frustrated, then we should be asking ourselves, <laughs> why are we being afflicted? Because he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> And not looking for those kinds of answers, looking for <laughs> answers that are about ourselves. Why, why do we let that bother us? Why do we let that cause us anxiety or, or uh, disturb our mind? So raga uh, uh, is the affliction of attachment, bhaya, the affliction of fear, and kroda, the affliction of anger. And Muni is just an uh, interesting word that you might uh, enjoy knowing as sage. And it has to do with uh, the mouth and speech. 
as sage who is able to communicate truths, express experiences. Monique. Is a Muni is a male form, female? It's it's in the male case, yeah. Is there any word for female? It would just lengthen the 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 I, and and oh, it from masculine case to feminine case. And actually, okay. that's a good question because uh, I've been wanting to maybe discuss a little bit about uh, grammar in Sanskrit. Spend five or ten minutes on that. So typically, uh, since you brought it up, um, I'll just go into a little bit. Um, like a lot of us group, uh, living here in California, we might be familiar with the use, the Spanish use, the Mexican use of the uh ending and o ending for masculine and feminine. So that according to which vowel they use, uh, right? Uh, what's the example? Uh, huh? Sorry, an adjective that changes, like blanco or blanca. Okay, blanco or blanca, right. So white, if you're referring to um, something masculine or a man, blanco and blanca for a fem feminine object. And mm -hmm. objects will have a, have a, has a gender to them. Uh, so Sanskrit's a little different than that. Uh, the word you, uh, they, in general, most of the time, it's a long vowel is feminine and a short vowel is, is masculine. So muni, so it just ends with a short e, uh, that's masculine. Muni is feminine. Uh, raga, raga. So if you need if you need the word to be feminine, usually you can just lengthen the the final vowel. Yeah, and uh, you said uh, this morning, Lama is the uh, female. Yeah, Rama, Rama, and Rama. Yeah, Shiva, Shiva. Yeah, exactly. So Shiva. One name of Durga, an official name of Durga is Shiva. So, and also with the word, the name Rama. Switch the long and the short from Rama is feminine now, because now you have the long vowel at the end. And I don't know why the, the first vowel changes from short to long, but the, the second vowel changing is for the case, the gender, I mean. So we're just talking, this is basic, right? This is preschool stuff about yoga, right? One who's not bothered by adversity when things don't go the way easily for them. It doesn't ups disturb their, their mental clarity. That's what not bothered means. Your mental clarity is not, doesn't become confused or anxious. Uh, adversity means things are not going easily for you. There's some difficulties, like difficulty breathing in Kaputasana, uh, or you know, difficulty with with communicating with your boss about uh, because there's 
even worse adversity in the office space, the common space with your coworkers, and you're trying to talk to your boss about it. So that's you're having some uh, adversity going on. But uh, one who's not bothered by that, their mind stays clear. They don't long for the pleasantness, right? That's what you get disturbed because you wish it was easy. You don't want to have to deal with the difficulty. You don't want to uh, take a moment to be calm and access your intuition to problem solve the situation. You want it to just be easy. If you want easy, just sleep away the whole day. <laughs> or, or take heroin. <laughs> or end your life. <laughs> Then you won't have any more obstacle, no more uh, <laughs> uh, adversity. So, right, that's what you know. The heroin is like so pleasant, supposedly. Okay. <laughs> They're seeking, right? Pleasantness. That's extreme. So I use that as an example because it's a little bit funny to us because we're not uh, amidst that culture where it's not a joke, right? So we can laugh at it from here, but it's it's not a joke. And, and it's not a joke when we suffer either, when we get anxious and up, uptight and upset and then start to have a more difficult time navigating the situation because our mind isn't clear anymore. Uh, and so these are, these are qualities that are gonna come up in ver verse 62 and 63, this chain uh, reaction from comma, from desire uh, raga, right, to anger and how, and how one leads to the other eventually, right, so your, your ability to reason is completely lost, and it's your downfall. That's 62, 63, it's a very uh, famous uh, two verses. Dukeshu anudvik namanaha Sukeshu vigetas praha Vitaraga bayakrodaha Stitadir muni uchate. Anything to add? Yeah. Uh, I had a question about stitadir. Because you said a stab, like stita, right? Like. Yeah, right. Like stira. But adi, is that like the wisdom of like, like aditya? Here, uh, no, it's so stitta is one part and D is the other part, right? Because if it was a D, then it would have to exactly, it would have to be a long A. So there, because it's a short A, there can only be one A. So you have to de determine which part of the word it belongs to, which part of the compound it belongs mm -hmm. to. So we know stitta. Stita. Stita D and D has to do with uh, your intelligence, intellect, like buddhi. Yeah, D mm -hmm. or concentration and your power to discern things. So stable uh, discernment. Stable intelligence, clarity, right? 
the Muni who has that, right? It's stable because they don't have these, these problems. They're not bothered by things. And the reason they're not bothered by things is because they're free vita, from the, the afflictions, the common afflictions. Yasarvatra anabhisnehaha tatat prapya shubha shubham nabhinandati nadveshti tasya pragna pratishtita yasarvatra anabhisnehaha Tatat prapya shubha shubham nabhinandati nadveshti tasya pragna pratishtita. So here you have shubha shubham along a. So it's either the first one is feminine because it's long, shubha uh, and shubham ending with a short vowel is masculine. So it's the union of the feminine or the masculine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's, uh, we've looked at this uh, last couple of weeks, we talked about this shupa, ashuba. So whenever you, they double the word, usually the second one is, is when it's compounded as a double, there's the extra uh. So goodness, shupa means good or goodness. And so it's goodness, good and evil. Good and not good. Yeah, the good and the opposite of the thing. So they're joined together because everything's come in pairs. Very common, right? Husband and wife. Meat and potatoes. <laughs> Night and day. How's that? That's another example. Well, there's like, uh, you know, like the hermetic principles. Uh -huh. seven hermetic principles. What's that? Uh, it's from like e ancient Egypt. Okay. But like there's polarities. So it's like yin either, and yang? Yeah. Like yeah. Nothing's either or, but it's like where on the scale of polarity. Yeah. Nothing you, either by either or, you mean like black and white? That yeah, kind of thing? Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, and that one that's really fascinating about Sanskrit is, because of the polarity, duality, they actually have that built into their grammar. There's the dual dual case. No, there's singular and there's dual and there's plural. Because dual is such a prominent, uh, dual forces is such a prominent thing in, in the universe, right? So much so that they structured their grammar around mm -hmm. to include that. Uh, so shuba ashuba, good and evil. If you have good, it's going to be evil. Right? Rains on my crop, I'm so happy because my crop needs rain. Rain, it's raining on your crop on the other side of the valley. While it rains on my crop, I'm happy, but then it's destroying the buds on your apple trees. It's raining at the wrong time for you. You're so upset, <laughs> right? Good and bad, they, they go together. 
Uh, I like it when it rains. And then my dad, unless it's sunny outside, it's bad weather for him. Oh. <laughs> you know, so what's good for one person is not good for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and like that, you know, so uh, you can't, can't have, have it all one way. So what is this, this uh, shloka? I keep wanting to say sutra. So many years of yoga sutras. It's going to take me another month to break the habit. Uh, to transcend the habit. <laughs> Go beyond. Uh, one who is everywhere, free from friendships. Who neither praises nor loathes favorable or unfavorable circumstances. There's the polarity again. Favorable or unfavorable circumstances. Such a person is established in wisdom. Tasya prajna pratishtita. Who is established pratishtita in wisdom, prajna. So Alexis, you notice is prajna. It ends with what kind of a vow? Long vow? Yes, it's a long vow. Very good. So if you had to guess as a you know, you're just learning Sanskrit, so it's possible there might be an exception going on here that you don't know about. But, but based on the, the general rule, is masculine or feminine? Feminine? Yes. Simple. And then, mm. because we're talking about wisdom, pragna, <laughs> and, and this word is in the feminine, pragna, then the word, that, the adverb that, that joins with it, Pratishtita is put into the same case so that you know that it's, uh, it's a, being used as either an adjective or an adverb to describe one of the other words. So established is, where the wisdom is established. It comes with the tasya that's his, not her. Tasya. Yeah, this is this is uh, this is actually um, could be neuter or or masculine. Yeah, it's masculine in general because we're talking about people. Sorry, they're a little bit you know male oriented, but that's common, right? We do that in English, and uh, whenever it's just the way the agreed upon cultural way, right? Sorry, girls. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, 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 when, when you're speaking generically about no one in particular, but just people in general, you use a, a masculine. Uh, one who's everywhere free from friendships, right? That, that's curious, I think who neither praises nor loathes favorable nor unfavorable circumstances. I think we've, we've pretty much like keep repeating this theme, right? It's, that's why I called it back here when we started. It's like, this is a preschool, basic spiritual fundamentals. 
you know, to try to overcome your, your preferences. Uh, try not to be so compelled by your likes and your dislikes. Uh, but so the, that part of the, the verse, uh, we kind of understand, right? Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. You need more time to think about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but what is this about? Free from friendships. Don't don't read the, the answer. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I, I like what you wrote there. It makes sense. I, I can you say something about like assessment versus judgment? Uh, assessment versus yeah, right. So, but first we should you know uh, mention a little bit what what we're not saying that's written here that you read right. Okay. Uh, so, right? I mean, somebody might be listening to the podcast and not be able to read it. <laughs> so, uh, because we discriminate. On one hand, discrimination is good, right? Your intellect, your ability, you know, your, your cognizant, you can tell black from white. You know, you can tell an open door from a closed door, right? So you don't get hurt. You can, you can tell a red light from a green light, right? So you don't get into accidents when you're driving. It's a, this discrimination is important for survival and functionality, basic things, right? And uh, every, there's a lot of discrimination involved in creating, you know, the technology, how the technology has evolved to such um, refined levels, such high levels of, of refinement, uh, you have to be able to see the distinction between things. So you can see the parts so that you can, then you can rearrange and work with the materials in different ways. Um, but discrimination also, you know, is, is involved in your likes and your dislikes. And it plays a role in developing your preferences because you have a preference towards pleasantness, which is natural. But then that uh, pleasantness, you know, you're always wanting things pleasant. You become weak or, or you become too easily bothered or, you know, all kinds of different things. So discrimination, right? Or you, you start discriminating uh, between uh, Democrats and Republicans, you start hating or disliking or thinking poorly of other people. Uh, you, you don't share your, your warmth and your warm, friendly presence with just anybody. Right? You, only, you only give that to your friends and family, people who are close to you. And then when you're around people that you don't know, your heart doesn't takes on a little more callous nature to it, uh, and then that and that's your your way of ex you experience being out in the world. Um, so discrimination has has a useful function to it, and it has a, a hardening and a limiting function to it also. <clears throat> so free from friendships is talking about that discrimination. 
uh, your preferences towards different people and then you only give out love and friendliness and warmth and uh, make efforts to make people happy very, very selectively. Uh, so it, three classes of, of people, the ones you're close to and, and adore, right? And then there's the, the ones you don't know, you're indifferent to. And then there's the ones you have an aversion to, you dislike, you think poorly of. Right, so those three things affect the way you're able to be with yourself if you're if you have attachments that and you discriminate. Uh, so this person established in wisdom is able has transcended that, and so they're free from friendships everywhere. Friendship meaning that they're limited to only the people that they're friends with. It's interesting to see free from friendship instead of just like open warmness. Yeah, isn't it? It's, isn't it so curious? Like you really had to think like, so it's, it's bad to be friends with people. I'm like, what is it? What are they talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, because you don't want to become attached and develop the the strings and the expectations you have with friends. So you just like become a monk and you don't have relationships. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, right. That was my first thought about it. Like, oh, he's talking about being, you know, yeah, not having, not getting overly involved. But but I thought about it more. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're talking about that discriminatory limiting yourself, limiting your, your ability to, to feel what you have a birthright to feel inside yourself. It doesn't matter who's around you or who's not around you. You have self, you're in love with yourself, not in a self-indulgent way, but just like in a way that, that liberates you from, uh, it doesn't matter who's around you. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just happy. Uh, by the self, in the self, by the self, like they said back in uh, 54, uh, 55, by, in the Atman, by the Atman, only by the Atman, you have your tushtaha, your, your happiness comes from the self, by the self. Uh, so if you're assessing someone instead of judging them, you're right, just that like right. thinking about like how to play out the scene instead of I feel antipathy or I feel sympathy. Or instead of I feel attraction or repulsion, mm -hmm. I feel compelled or I feel like... Just, uh, just like observing yeah. that and then... Yeah, and then acting what seems appropriate for the situation. Uh, the analogy sometimes is like, we love tigers, but we don't go sleep with tigers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people do sleep with tigers, though. So there's some people, you know, I've seen on the YouTube 
people that have tigers for pets and they're hugging the tigers and stuff. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, somebody that's not trustworthy, you don't have to hate them. You know, the expression, hate the sin, not the sinner. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to open yourself up to give the untrustworthy person an opportunity to take advantage, to, to create more sin, more offenses, mm-hmm. uh, more bad karma for themselves. But that doesn't mean you have to, in your heart, harbor ill feelings or hatred towards them. So that's, that's what I meant by judging versus assessment. Judging, you have, you're scolding, you know, you're condemning. Assessing, you just, you see it for what it is and you protect yourself as necessary because it's the wise thing to do. Finished? 57? Yes, Sarvatra Anabisnehaha Tatat Prapya Shubashubam Nabinandati Nadveshti Tasya Pragna Pratishtita Yada Samharate Chayam Kurmaha Angani eva sarvashaha Indriyani indriyarthebhyaha Tasya pragna pratishtita Yadasam harate chayam kurmaha Angani eva sarvashaha Indriyani indriyarthebhyaha Tasya pragna pratishtita. So this last part of the verse is easy. Sound familiar? Yeah. So is established one who is established in wisdom again. So what what how does he behave? That was Arjuna's question back in fifth. Four. How does how does he act? How does he speak? How does he sit? How does he walk? This person who is established in wisdom. Tasya pragna pratishtita. The person who is established in wisdom, who that's uh, one we just did. Uh, when some harate withdraws uh, like a tortoise's limbs. He who completely withdraws his senses from the sense objects, like a tortoise withdraws its limbs, such a person is established in wisdom. If you just go to the cave to disconnect from the sense objects, it doesn't mean your mind doesn't still dwell on the objects. Uh, so austerity, you know, um, removing yourself from things is not enough. That's not the 
the Tiagi, the one who's left behind. Uh, we're talking about, um, it's like being able to be in the world, but you don't have the raga and the, your mind is not uh, impressed uh, or, and taken away by the objects. Your, your mind stays connected with yourself. Atmani, Eva, Atmana. In the self, by the self. So you're able, you're still in with objects of the senses, but your intelligence is not carried away by them. And the thing about withdrawing the senses, right, is because, like Guruji said one thing to me that really uh, I've spent like my whole life contemplating like in, and and uh, like a uh, like a called a lighthouse, you know, a guiding light, you know, to direct me in a very uh, profound direction. First, you learn to see God inside. Then, possible someday, maybe seeing God outside. Uh, that was a really interesting idea. So uh, I took that as like learning to see the un unity within myself first, to be able to see like the, all the different parts of the body unified, that they're not different parts of the body, even though they're different parts of the body. Uh, and and, and uh, paralleling that principle, you know, with understanding the different limbs of yoga they're not separate there's a union between the limbs of yoga there's a union in the body there's a union between everything replacing the word god for the word union to make it more uh, uh for me more meaningful yeah. uh but but that's that's how i understand this analogy with withdrawing the limbs Except your mind is is doesn't lose its connection with its sense of unity, which is inside. You have more comments? <laughs> it's so nice to have <laughs> comments. Sorry. Um, I think. What do you think about this idea too? That's related. That. Um, like if you are speaking kindly to yourself and uh, you're looking kindly upon the world or if you can honor the beauty inside yourself, then everything is beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Which is hard to do for ourselves. Like yes. Everything yeah. is beautiful. It's easier like, oh, this is all beautiful, but oh, me, you know. That's what the last now. verse, the second line, uh, so, uh, of the Mangala Mantra, Sarvani Badrani Pashyantu. Mm -hmm. So it's, if you just uh, read it with, on superficially, you see everything is beautiful. Oh, great. That's a great idea to see everything is beautiful mm -hmm. or, or auspicious Badrani. Mm -hmm. Sarvani Badrani. See everything as having quality of Badra in it auspiciousness and beauty. Uh, you must see everything is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So then 
the only way to get arrive at that is what you just said, right? Yeah. You have to have that outlook. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually a very, very profound uh, injunction you know, to be told, try to see beauty in everything, or try to see divinity or, or auspiciousness in everything. Mm -hmm. Just start like, with yourself. Yeah, you have to really transform your perspective your, or where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, talking affectionately or, or gently or kindly to yourself. So if you have the, doesn't matter who's around you, you're just, you feel good about yourself or you feel good from within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, and how we get there is kind of like you're giving a little tool, right? Practice like being, or be mindful about how you're thinking about yourself, talking, try to think kindly towards yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a suggestion a little bit, isn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or you're already saint. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. Just, just, yeah, <laughs> brag a little. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Who is the snake trimmer? Yeah, okay, sure. So I was just kind of contemplating if I should explain what these notes are. So, you know, a, a snake charmer is, is a person who has developed the skill uh, to be able to handle dangerous, something dangerous, right? The snake is very dangerous. The ordinary person cannot just handle the, the king cobra, the snake doesn't have the skill. It's dangerous for them. Uh, so they're, they, uh, but not, it's not dangerous for the snake charmer because they, they've been raised or, and trained and have the experience how to handle the manage themselves so that they don't spook the snake and they understand the movements of the snake. They understand themselves. Right? So the fear doesn't get, uh, get, get uh, stimulated off from either end because of the skill of the snake charmer. But the ordinary person doesn't have that skill and neither the ordinary person doesn't have the same skill to be involved in the world without getting caught up in things, without getting their mind pulled by things. Like the, the one who's established in wisdom is the snake charmer. Yeah. So just an analogy. Yeah. It's from the book. Yatta samharate chayam kurmaha angani eva sarvashaha indriyani indriyarthebhyaha tasya pragna pratishtita. So if you don't pause here, then the visardaga is pronounced S. A biastasya, a biastasya, but with a, uh, so it's written that way. Uh, I should have changed it because I put the comma and we're pausing, but uh, I didn't. So, but I pronounced it that way. 
So usually if you have a final consonant like that, S or R, its uh, original form is Visartiga, but it's changed from Visartiga to uh, the H with the dot under it to uh, an S. Uh, the Muni, I kept it Munir. Uh, oh, sorry. So this is Dihi. But because of the soft sound of the Muni following it, we change the way we pronounce it. And this actually, uh, this Visarga disappears completely in order to combine with the, the vowel. Muni Uchate. And you just gap in the sound. Muni Uchate. Little, little uh, Sunday lesson. 30 seconds on Sunday. I'll do one more. Vishaya Vinivartante Niraharasya Dehinaha Rasavarajam Raso Apiasya Apiasya Param Drishtva Nivartate Vishaya Vinivartante Niraharasya dehinaha rasavarjam raso api asya param drishtva nivartate. I know it's a, maybe a little confusing because I'm undoing some of the, a lot of the sandhi. Uh, and then the pronunciation gets a little bit like, has to has to take more time to articulate the sounds uh, like this uh, would disappear, and you would see an apostrophe telling you that the uh has been omitted. But in the Devanagari, those uh, they have that s, huh? Those vowels would still be there. No, when this when this is written with the sundi and the uh is omitted. They put a, they call it an S, you know, when they're speaking English to us. I don't know what it's called in Sanskrit. We write it when we transliterate, we use an apostrophe. When they write it in Devanagari, they use that big S. Okay. Yeah. Sense object. Disappear for he who practices abstention though the longing to experience them remains. Only by having witnessed the Supreme does the longing also disappear. Mm. So this is what we mentioned briefly, right? Uh, in this one about the, the tortoise, right? Here, uh, was it this one or the one before, anyways, uh, you can't just get away from everything to become enlightened, <laughs> to get to overcome, to transcend your desires and your aversions, your preferences. You know, if you want to transcend your preferences, 
you're going to have to come up with some positive uh, replacement. The mind needs something to chew on. The consciousness, the awareness needs something to be aware of. So right now it's, it knows, you know, what it's, uh, what condition it's in. It's all, all its preferences and whatnot. So you can think of it as how you, when you, when you're growing up as a child, uh, you start to become aware of more mature uh, toys and you replace your attachment to the, to the baby toys with, with the toddler toys. And you replace your attachment to your toddler toys with, uh, you know, older kid toys, right? And you're, so you're able to let go of one attachment because you develop, you start to develop an appreciation for something that's a little bit more advanced, a little bit more mature uh, until eventually you reach the final ultimate. Pardon that's what, what this is saying. You can't just, uh, yeah, there's, there's one, I, I don't wanna mix up the, the commentaries from different ones. That's okay, I'll mix them up. Um, You tell yourself you're not gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna think about something, but then that thought of the thing, the such and such a thing that you're thinking about, not being obsessed with, right? You're thinking about not being obsessed with that thing. You have this thought, I'm gonna overcome. You're, you have the thought of that thing that you want to overcome, get seated that thing get, gets seated as a thought in your subconscious. Because you're not looking for how to, for something more uplifting to replace it with. You're just know that it's, it's not healthy, it's causing some problems or there's something about it that you think it'd be, I'd be better if I didn't do that or something, you know, you're shooting on yourself and you're just wanting to overcome something. So you, too much focus on the thing that you're trying to overcome. And it's like, uh, the analogy is like a tree that you have the trunk and the roots. So you're trying to prune your desires, prune the tree. But what happens to the root and the trunks and the trunk? It grows even more. It grows even more, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and the, while you're while you're trying to cut the desires which are just going to grow back right the roots and the and the trunk are getting stronger they're still growing and getting thicker and they're producing more strength to produce more growth up top uh so that method of trying to tell yourself you're not going to do something right? you're putting that thought into the subconscious and you're trying to stuff it down Right. And, it, and it's actually, it's a, that's, it's a seed energy that you're, you're re-sowing 
subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to refine, construct. That's why, right? In the beginning, we we let ourselves get so attached to our yoga practice. It helps us, doesn't it? So we we replace smoking and partying at night and drinking and uh, all these crazy things <laughs> that used to be fun, right? We replace them with something that actually, instead of <clears throat> wringing joy out of like our partying experience uh, and then being hung over, right? And really like our health declining and, and not feeling as vital and not being able to enjoy life as much because our vitality is being bombarded with toxicity. Uh, we replace it with a thing that boosts and elevates our vitality. So we're, it's, more, it's easier, more natural for us to enjoy ourselves and enjoy life. Uh, and then we have more clarity and more capacity, right? So we, instead of saying, I'm not gonna smoke anymore, I'm not gonna drink. Yeah, uh, you say, I'm gonna do yoga. I'm going to do chanting. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to get some exercise. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to do things that make me feel good. And so your mind goes, it doesn't even think about the things that you're leaving behind. It just goes and thinks about the things that, how you want to become. Focus on how you want to become. So it's okay in the beginning, you have a little bit of thought to identify some things that we want to try to uh, overcome. But this other phase of the growth maturation process is really important that you, we spend time contemplating who do we want to be? How do we want to behave? Where do we want to, how do we become? So our mind starts visualizing and invoking the change into ourselves that way. We become, you know, we consciously self-create ourselves. Yeah, I think this was in the yoga sutras too, right? Uh, Towards the beginning. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure exactly where the, this idea of contemplating the positive. It could be maybe a little bit in pratipaksha bhavanam, but that's a, uh, which means contemplating the opposite. So you have some afflictions that are the source of your the endless source of unlimited suffering you know this horrible behavior right you contemplate the opposite Uh, yeah but they don't spell things out in the yoga sutras the the commentator you know where that's your job is to embellish it yeah things are more spelled out in the bhagavad gita does it help i saw a little smile from from you christina about about uh, I think you you appreciated the not not thinking about what you're trying not to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's recite and 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 do one more. Vishaya Vinivartante Nirahara Dehinaha Rasavarjam Raso Apiasya 
परम दृष्ट्वाते यतो विपश्चि How's the reciting? Is it making sense like how the rhythm is being determined when you read the letters? I think so. I think so. Yeah, there's a section we'll, we should go over it again to make sure everybody's clear on how we know when things are long, where to stop, where to make the, how to make the cadence of the chanting. There's a, it's spelled out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I was wondering if you're recognizing how I'm choosing when it's long and when it's fast. Yeah, and letters, and if there's double letters, if there's consonants together. We'll go over it another time. Son of Kunti, the senses even forcefully imbalance the mind of a person wise enough to knowledgeably strive for control. So that's somebody like me, right? I'm wise enough to give it my to give it a good shot. <laughs> right? I, I understand the, the theory behind it. So, so I'm trying, but I'm just not, not there yet. <laughs> We're beginners. <laughs> so why is it wise enough, right, to strive? You understand the theory behind it, but your mind is still forcefully imbalanced, you know, by, by the different things that, that you have attachments to, attraction to. Oh, I put some really advanced notes here. We believe our senses too much. <laughs> uh, we believe the experience is what we are. Oh my God, I can't believe I wrote that. Uh, so what, what this is, is uh, it's a reference from uh, There's, there's five, there's feeling, uh, there's form, feeling, there's thoughts and, and memory and, uh, and like your personality. Uh, and, and these are like pieces of the puzzle, so to speak, about what we've been duped into believing ourselves into being pieces of our, our identity, our form, and what we're feeling, like it's pleasurable, unpleasurable, it's comfortable, it's hot, it's cold, like you identify with it, you know, you can't stand it. Uh, 
and our our thoughts we identify you know the, what we're thinking is basically who you know we think that's who we are right uh so anyways that's why i said this is advanced philosophy we can step step away from these five things uh your memories and your personality and you can step away from them and see actually that uh there's another dimension beyond those things mm -hmm. then you can start to navigate a little bit a more a lot more mindfully how you're choosing to be in the world how you're choosing to react and respond to things it's a huge step towards enlightenment if you buy into the enlightenment propaganda like this is one of the you know big steps to overcoming your ego there's this guy in the 80s uh, who started hearing a lot of voices <laughs> and he wrote down what he heard oh wow and it's this book called star seeds oh okay i've heard of that yeah okay so he wasn't he wasn't like cuckoo in the sense of being controlled by these voices or no, no, but it, it seems he was, like he had autonomy, he's like channeling. Uh-huh, so he was writing these down. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And, and uh, uh, let me turn this up. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so the uh, voices were seeing, kind of like giving this like cosmological history uh -huh. where there's like the all. It resonates with Hinduism too, right? Um, everything is just in itself, but then it starts to kind of like play with itself by assuming a form here and then dissolving back and assuming a form here and dissolving back. And then the longer that parts of it stayed in these forms, it got attached and didn't want to dissolve back. Uh -huh. And so they kind of describe it as a bit erroneous, but that's just what happened. And so these what forms- What do you mean it's erroneous? Like, like kind of like the wrong way to go. Like, okay, like yeah. they, because, because they would forget their yeah, unification. Right, right, right. So it was like- a, So they're saying to stay there and get attached to the form. Right. erroneous. Right. False, like a yeah. false, like forgetting. So, yeah, and that's, so one of the common terms is false thinking. Right, yeah, yeah. it became this false it, thinking. That's a common, uh, yeah. uh, uh, what's this, what's the jargon in uh, Okay, okay. And it, it's, it's, was one of the five mental functions, one of the five rittis, was false thinking mm. in yoga also. Rittis? Rittis, the mental oh, like the functions. the chitta rittis, yeah. Yeah, chitta rittis. Okay. So one of the five chitta rittis is okay. false thinking. Right, so they also cast yeah. it as yeah. so like kind of negative, yeah. right. Um, but yeah, like because their their message, part of the message there is like remember to come back, to step out of the role, the character, mm -hmm. and step more into your creator role. Like, what are you trying to do with this part you're playing rather than crying over, you know, the drama yeah. that you're enmeshed in? So who are these voices? <laughs> who are the, the higher beings in your channel? Starseeds. He gave them a name, Starseeds, huh? Yeah, I, I guess I have to they're, read more. They're Pleiadian, probably, huh? Oh, yeah, Arcturian. Yeah, I don't Arcturian. know. <laughs> no, I'm making it up. Uh, I don't know if they identified themselves because they were like they're so like unidentified. Oh, you know. Okay. Yeah. I see. So they're enlightened beings. Ah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, but like being and beings at the same time. Huh? Like translation? I know. There are beings and beings. Like uh, like time. we all and parts at the same time. The like capital B being uh-huh. and lowercase b beings at the same time. I mean they're time. like kind of they're still they speak in we. Like they don't ever say I, so it's we. Ah, uh, it's like morality. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. I but I think it's related to what relate you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is related to that. Because uh-huh. that's what you get. You start to take on this identification of once you're born in the body, uh-huh. you take on this identification for sure. Being born in the body creates a lot of confusion for your identity. Right. That's the cause of it. But Sadhguru takes it even further with that meditation. I'm not the body. I'm not even the mind. <laughs> no, because that's the mind is one one of the five things oh, not okay. identified with in the five. They're called skandhas. The five skandhas. Okay. This is familiar, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Starseed. Okay, you guys. A non-paid commercial for Starseed. kind of interesting yeah so, that stuff's you know i i read some stuff from the pleiades in the early 90s when i was you know just coming out of the nest <laughs> and uh yeah it was it was help you know all that kind of stuff is helpful for me mm-hmm. and it all sort of propelled me you know into for helping my uh, get further out of the nest so to speak under the the limits of yeah the the learning pro that that happens to us growing up <clears throat> yeah uh, the barber stole her she channeled the Pleiades yeah her name is Barbara Stoller yeah she was a Pleiadian channel yeah I don't know if it's any good. I can't vouch for it because it's so long ago. At the time, it was it was perfect for me at the time, you know, when I was 22, 23 years old. Yeah. Uh, why don't we stop here at 60? Did we finish? What? Did we finish? Oh, did we finish? Oh, I don't know. What did we talk about? <laughs> Uh, so what is this sutra saying? Sanakuti, the senses forcefully imbalance us, right? Right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, that is, that's exactly what you're just saying, right? You, you're, you, you get caught up in, in the experience and become attached when you come away from the cosmic mm-hmm. reality from which you manifested. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of the basis of the austerity practices. It's that not on one level, just to try to overcome your preferences. And so, and then from that place of not being so attached to your preferences, likes and dislikes, then to be able to, once you, you loosen the attachment, then you start to uh, 
raise your perspective yeah and and quit identifying with the sensations that were creating the attachment like not using the ac in the summer like the, it's like it's so hot in the temple i mean it's like it's like being in the attic mm -hmm. like they have no ac they chose not to have an ac installed mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you can't sit in there without sweating it's like being in a sauna you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah like the rest of the world yeah so <laughs> uh not that you'll there's no guarantee that it's you know the medicine is gonna work you know, it takes, I think it takes uh, an openness to move in that direction and some skill to allow yourself to move in that direction. And it takes some toughness because initially you don't, you just have to tough it out to overcome and then be able to transcend, I would think. I, I think we just have to be like pummeled first. <laughs> like, <laughs> say it again. Say it again. Say it again. No, I just I think I think we just have to get really like pummeled first. You have like, to get pummeled first. Yes. yes. Did somebody else say that? Oh, did you say that? No, I didn't say that. You said that. Oh, somebody yeah. else said that. All right. I love it. No, I was just saying that. Well, because I think everyone, I mean, who else is getting up at five to come to yoga, like, without a good reason? Like, yeah. your character got destroyed. <laughs> yeah. And so you, like, okay, like, I need something else. Like, like, everything you put on that altar is gone. And so you don't want to build another altar. You need something else, you know? Huh. The altar being, like, everything you put your life towards. You, your your previous investments. Right, exactly. The ones that were not, that were kind of a dead end. Well, not, ended up exploding, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exploding, okay. <laughs> For some, yeah, they will eventually, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, but that's the thing, right, right? So, a lot of the ordinary people, they, they're investing. They haven't suffered enough. They're investing <laughs> the meaning of their life. The purpose of their life is invested in dead ends and things that, that like you say, eventually, if given enough time, end in an explosion Yeah. rather than in joy and bliss. Yeah. yeah. Not that everybody's doing that and not that they're doing that with every aspect of their life, but that's the thing, yeah, to watch for. Awesome, awesome, thank you very much. So I, I just thought that was fun because it's very popular to have an aversion to discomfort mm. and come to yoga because it feels good, uh, right? Well, that's like a four o'clock vinyasa class, not a 4 a.m. <laughs> right, right, so. <laughs> Yeah, to see that we're we're cultivate we're like the expression I grew up with as a kid is like builds character, mm -hmm. <laughs> or even they told me you know as a boy right so they said puts hair on your chest. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Translates you know non gender as builds character right puts hair on your chest makes you a man. Mm -hmm. 
They say that so. to girls in Texas too. They do? <laughs> That's all. That's all. Okay. <laughs> do, do the girls have hair on their chest in Texas? Gotta find out. Gotta find out. <laughs> cool. Uh, Very good, thank you. Are Anything you else? About all of that? Today? Uh -huh. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's up to the end of the chapter. Yeah, I just, I haven't typed up all the, I haven't gone through it yet. I've only gone up to uh, 64. Mm -hmm. so. Notes. But I have the text in place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Finish. Are we chanting? Yeah, we finish chant. Om Tat Om Swasti Prajabya Paripalayantam Nyayena Margena Mahimahishaha Go Brahmane Vyaha Shivamastunityam Lokaha Samastaha Sukino Bhavantu Kale Varashatu Prajanya Prativi Sasya Shalini Desho yam shobritaha, Brahmana santunyavyaha, Aputra putrina santu, putrina santu, pautrinaha, Adana sadana santu, Jeevantu shadam shatam, Sarvesham swastir bhavatu, Sarve Sham Shantir Babatu, Sarve Sham Purnam Babatu, Sarve Sham Mangalam Babatu, Sarve Babantu Sukinaha, Sarve Santu Niramayaha, Sarve Badrani Pashantu, Makashit Dukabhavet Om Shanti 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 Om Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya Mrityorma Amritangamaya Om Shanti 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 Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Om